Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian, bringing you Mystic Meg-esque predictions, apparently. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined by Mystic Mark Donaldson. How about, how about that? Right, so, so this has got two parts. One, what was it you asked last week? I, I know you're going to play it back, but it was something like, what's going to happen? Uh, who'll get the winning goal? Or, or, or whatever. And I said, Liam Boyce, and he hadn't even signed. I wouldn't be surprised if we got something out of the game. And um, Boyce, up front, winning goal scorer. There you go. Heard it here first. So that I'm not got a better prediction than that, predicting a guy to score a winning goal who isn't even at the football club uh, when we recorded it. But secondly, uh, I wanted to start as well with a, 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 a doff of the cap. That was a proper goal commentary, Laurie Dunsire. A yelp <laughs> of Boise was just perfect. It didn't need much more. You didn't give it much more. It, it was just absolutely perfect. So well done on that. that that's a proper goal call, as we say in this country. Well done, kid. Oh, Learned from the best, huh? <laughs> who were you listening to then? Derek Ray. No, I'm joking. Yep, he, there he, you would, go. he would have never let himself become so unprofessional. Always the professional. Um, then again, I never did manage to say. I don't know if De- Derek Ray ever did get to do a red TV. Might have been slightly different. Um, what, what, what I don't know is what you said after that. Oh. You let it breathe. And then you said, I must have watched it five times. I have got no idea what you said before Jimmy came in. Um, do you mean... Not the, you, you, not the incoher- completely incoherent bit when I'm just, when I almost very nearly, there's, right after I say Boise, I have to say, I, I, I basically jumped onto Jimmy and was... Yeah, so what did you say there? Because I've, been, at, I've at that no point, idea. At that point, I was about to say, fucking yes. And <laughs> in all honesty, it's the first, it's the closest I've ever come to, to actually letting a swear word out in commentary. But I kind of started saying, fuck! And then I realised what I was saying, so I just had to make noises. Um, I just started saying, oh boy, go. I don't know. I, honestly, the, the Hearts website posted the goal, and as much as I love the Boise thing, I must have watched it at least five times to think, what did he say after no, that? It, was, it, was, it, it, it wasn't even something that I was... It was. It wasn't even just incoherent. It was. There was nothing there. It was. It, I, I just stopped myself from basically saying, "Fucking yes." Um, wow. <laughs> which would have been could have been interesting. See what the fallout would have been from that. But uh, yeah. If you're not if you're not going to swear when Uzturk scores that goal, that would be the ultimate one. I know that was a massive win, um, and it was probably unexpected. But your your commentary was was. It was exceptional, the, the Boise bit. But the next bit, that's just... That's just basically what you would hear if my headset was on someone else in Tynecastle as that goal went in. What you would hear, just them jumping oh, around shouting. How good was that? It's been a long time coming, hasn't it? Yeah, it was It was terrific. The atmosphere was terrific. The, the players were immense, and it was an even game. I mean, we'll talk about it, but it could easily have gone either way. But, um, yeah, it's just such a difference, such a change. And, you know, we've had a couple of big moments recently. You know, the Celtic 4-0 maybe stands out, but 
Um, we seem to have a real purpose now, and um, hopefully it's you know something we can kick on from. So we will talk about, of course, we'll talk about the Hearts Rangers game in a bit more depth. Um, we did last time I talk about atmosphere at Tyne Castle and improving it. And, <laughs> it and that happens. That's how we, we stop being so shit and we get Boise, who <laughs> <laughs> didn't even want to be on the pitch because when he, was it Civic who got hurt and that was our third sub? Yeah. And then obviously he, he couldn't come off after that because he'd, he'd taken a, a couple of dunts, but he just, he kept going. There wasn't a failure. It was just one of those days that it's been too long in the making, but it cannot, it cannot be a one-off now. There's no point in doing that and then going laying a goose egg at um, at McDermott Park this weekend. We've got to build on that now. Yes, we do. And McDermott Park this weekend will be how we'll finish up uh, on this week's podcast. So lots to get through. So first up, let's talk um, a little bit more about Hart and Midlothian against Rangers on Sunday. Uh, a game we went into against a side who were the form team in the league. 14 wins and two draws from the previous 16. They were unbeaten away from home in the Premiership, winning 29 points from a possible 33 on the road. And contrary to what I said last time, um, <laughs> as, soon as, as, as soon as the podcast went up and I started getting messages, I realised I'd dropped a bit of a clangor with that one. We have beaten Rangers since they've been back in the top flight. We beat them twice, both at Tynecastle. The last one being a 4-1 victory. <laughs> How to forget about that almost three was, years ago. Was that one that you commentated on? I commentated on that. Yeah, I, com- so, I commentated okay. on both of them. The both of them. Okay, so you commentated on <laughs> two games that you don't even remember being part of. What, wow. My excuse is I'd looked at notes and my notes had been from Ibrox before and I was referring back to our last Ibrox top flight win. But that's not, it's, it's, it's a slight excuse, but it's still not a real proper excuse. But anyway, it's still 12 games without a win against Rangers. That's the actual number it was before this game. Um, and we look at the team and Hearts started. So Liam Boyce and uh, Toby Sibick both thrown into the team. Obviously both only signed within 48 hours or so of the game. Boyce the day before. Um, and Hearts started now. It's always a lot of debate about the formation, whether it's four one, um, whether it's a four four two, whether it's a four two three one with Daniel Stendel. You can even call it four one four one at times, but it's very fluid. Um, I, I would say it started like a four two three one. So Pereira and goals, clear at right back. White was at left back. Um, Halkett and Suter in the centre. Sibic Irving sitting. Moore, Naismith, Henderson behind Boyce, whereas, of course, Naismith becomes um, a striker at times when he wants to go up the park, turns it into a 4-4-2. So, um, very fluid and open formation. And, you know, from the start, it just... It was terrific, you know, superb team, a lot of pressing energy, quick football on the front foot, and it's just exactly what Daniel Stendhal has spoken about. But in a situation where it's a very testing game, it's not a... You know, you can only take so much from doing it against Airdrie, for instance... This game you can take a lot from because I know they were second going into the game, but I said to a lot of people, right now, they're the best team in the league. Maybe missing their most prolific prolific striker, but take nothing away from that. I think it was, to, to stand up in a game like that and perform like that, I thought said a lot about both the manager and the players that he trusted in that game. Yeah. We spoke last week about what we do when we don't have the ball. Um, <laughs> and I, I thought we were, were outstanding. And how many times did did we have a conversation about starting slowly when Craig Levine was was in charge in, in the last few months of his reign and 
it just it just never happened and you you usually get a sense after five ten minutes of a game if it's it's going to be one of those days or this you know what this this could be all right today um and when we start well and, and when we press and then when we lose the ball or we don't have the ball stopping them from getting too much time we we did something similar in the one all draw earlier in the season the game at ibrox was just was horrific uh, and we can just score that one off yeah but but this one the way we started and took uh, I, I don't know the actual stat I, I read something on on twitter um but we haven't come back to beat rangers having gone behind very often at all have we no, that that was a good one, and I actually can't remember either. It was a long time ago, though. It wasn't the stat I had, but it was. Uh, God, I'd have to go and have a look again. It, it's, you, it's it's very rare. It doesn't that. happen often. Doesn't no. happen often. And um, I mean, you say that. I mean, again, you know, we know what we're like on this. We're not going to break it down point by point. But first half as a whole, quite quite pleased that. I mean, we hadn't created a, a clear opportunity, but I thought it was a very even game at that point. Um, I was quite content at half-time. Rangers had had a quite good chance with Ryan Kent, um, which he put over the bar, but it was an even first half. Neither side really carving open chances, but it was played at a good tempo. Um, it was fiercely competitive. Um, and then you got that blow at the start of the second. It was really unfortunate, actually. It's obviously Rangers on the break. If Sean Clare doesn't... You know, Sean Clare has a slip... I think he might be tracking back and stopping the original cross, but because he slipped, he can't get back in time. It's very unfortunate. Um, reasonably well worked, though, by Rangers. Nice touch by Aribo, and Kent really isn't going to miss from eight or nine yards out on his right foot. But the reaction, again, says a lot as well, because you know, we talked about these games before, and you know, I think, I can't remember if we've said it on air, but I've said it to people before, you, you think you have a chance in these games, but you need that first goal. You, know, you don't want to go behind and be chasing a game when you're the team at the bottom, they're the team fighting for the title. But we didn't really, nothing changed. If anything, we just increased the intensity. And I think the equalising goal says so much for that work off the ball. Because it's it's all about, fair enough, Liam Boyce gets the assist, Stephen Naismith gets the goal, but it's all about Craig Halkett. Because he just does not let Glenn Kamara get out of there. And he actually he ends up setting up a big chance with a tackle. And and with Scotland preparing for a massive game against Israel, and if we get through that against Norway or uh, Serbia, I think it is. If if you can if you can show me a more informed defender with that performance basically at the forefront um, than than Craig Halkett right now, and remember we spoke about comfort blankets. And how Christoph Berra, when he played his comfort blanket, was like Michael Smith playing alongside him. I just think that I don't I don't know if there's so much comfort blanket when Suter's alongside Halka. I just think they they work in tandem. By the way, Scotland could do a lot worse than putting that that pair as as the two centre backs for for the Israel game. I was going to say. I mean, there's a couple of you know, there's quite a few performances. I mean, everyone you could you could talk about uh, in a positive sense performance wise but certainly Halkett and Suter interesting you know at the start of the season we said you know that's the partnership you know we want to see and at that point we said you know Berra had a place but maybe more of a squad player same as Di Camona but the, the partnership we want to see the future would be Halkett and Suter and I thought they were absolutely immense I mean, and Suter actually defensively at times was like a man possessed especially yeah. t- towards the end obviously when we w- when we'd got the lead he was just throwing himself at things and uh, he, maybe a little rusty at times in his um 
his distribution just at points, but he's been out for so long, you're going to get that. But I thought his, you know, as an actual, from a defensive point of view, I thought he was super as well, and both of them worked so well together. They did, they did. And for anybody, and, and being a Hearts podcast, there shouldn't be too many, but if there are saying, wait, wait a minute, it's only, it's only three points, allow us to wax lyrical about this, about the performances of individuals as well, because, my God, we've gone through enough horror moments and horror shows where we have to react and reflect. So I, I just think there, there wasn't a failure. Um, and, and to do so with, what, three left-backs? Because we, we kept having to, <laughs> and only, to, to change. And only one of them was actually a left-back as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, a few little things from the game. Um, bloody hell, Toby Civic's a big boy. Oh, yes. Yeah. He went forward for a corner. I'm like, whoa, that's a, that's a big old unit. And the boy's mobile. Yeah. And I, I, I just loved seeing his comments afterwards. And, and the, the comments of him and, and Naismith have, have kind of they've been sprinkled in the newspapers and the media over the last uh, couple of days after the game. And, and Civic was just like... Phew because obviously the journalists have asked him, what do you think? You're going back to Barnsley, but is this something you fancy? Because the noise level is incredible. So he was brilliant. Stephen Naismith is born to be a captain. Um, and it was the 15th competitive game against Rangers where Hearts have come from behind to win, according to the wonderful Hearts Heritage account on Twitter. Uh, the last twice, you probably commentated on this, or maybe just before you... Stephen Davis scored at Ibrox just before halftime in March 2012. Ian Black and Jamie Hamill, yeah. That's that, that last, last top time. flight. That's the last top flight win at Ibrox. Yeah, yeah that, that's right. And before that, Jan Bartram at Ibrox um, gave the lead. So we, we haven't done it at Tynecastle uh, at least since since the 80s. And another stat from the, the Hearts Heritage um, site that I kind of liked. Liam Boyce is the third Hearts player to make his competitive debut against Rangers and score the winning goal. The last was Harry Watty in 1913. So that was great. <laughs> that was great. And and just since that game as well, um, we've got um, we've got his assistant from Barnsley now on board. We've got the guy who was the goalkeeping coach at Hanover who's already on board. Yeah. Building blocks are are, are just are being put in place. Um, I want as well later to talk about Craig Gordon because uh, I've spoken to Craig today about that. Oh, um, oh, oh. I, I, I would have liked, it's not going to happen in uh, in January, sadly. Whether it happens in the summer, I don't know. Craig wants it to happen in January, but it isn't going to happen. Um, but I will tell you later in the podcast why it's not going to happen. But I would I would like that to be uh, to be something that we do. It won't be. And it's also not uniformity of agreement in that as well. There's a lot of, of Hearts fans that are like, Nah, let's let's move on. Which which is fine. I'll give you my opinion later um, okay. on all of that. But but just just a just a really really good day. I was I was absolutely buzzing and having having to do the Rome derby straight after that. I mean I I started that commentary with with a kind of tone that is normally reserved for like big big games um, because I was still absolutely buzzing from from what I just witnessed. They should have won. I see. <laughs> <laughs> they should have won it, Roma. They should have won it. Yeah, let's, um, let's not talk Roma. Let's, let's, let's not. Let's, let's not get into that. Um, let's talk Hearts Rangers. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned Tony Civic, uh, Toby. Yeah, uh, Toby Civic. Um, who it was interesting when he when he signed. Even in the press area, they were talking about where he's going to play. And I think Daniel Stendel made it quite clear that he wants him as a holding midfielder. I think a lot of it's to do with we don't have an idea exactly when Peter Haring's going to be available and how 
and you know what he's going to be like future wise. He's obviously struggling a lot injury on the injury front. Um, so he wants him in that the the midfield powerhouse kind of role. And I think what he likes about him, from what I hear, is not necessarily his technical ability on the ball. It's more. Um, not to say that he hasn't got any, but his main attributes from what Stendhal thinks will work in this team is his ability to win the ball and carry it forward. Um, and I think you can see that. He was, again, it's similar to Suter. He had a couple of times he looked a bit rusty in terms of in possession, but I thought he was, he, he was really important off the ball. He was getting into challenges. He was snapping at heels, and he's a big guy. He has a presence, like he said. Um and I think he looks from that, you know, it's obviously not even a full 90 minutes, but he looks like someone who could really grow into that team. And I thought what it also did was allowed Andy Irving to be even more impressive than he has been at times. Because you've got the big powerful guy in there, you know, 6'4", it looks like he's a bit more than that actually, but winning the ball, doing the doing the you know, what we often call the dirty stuff, um, and Andy Irving being able to spread the play, get the ball down, keep his composure and even in that atmosphere you know Hearts Rangers end to end game at times a fiercely competitive game you know it's played at a good pace he just has that ability to stop the ball and suddenly create a little bit of room around himself and I think that's so important you know you see it sometimes with the best players at the highest level and we're not going to pretend we're comparing him to that but in, in Scottish football level I don't think there's many as good as what he is when he's on his game Andy Irving it just having that composure to suddenly create, you know, so these players that suddenly create four or five yards around them, you don't even know how, like, where's that come from? And just have the time to play it around, and I think a lot of it's to do with who you have alongside him. Um, I think Brelia did that for Hartley when they worked really well together. Um, uh, you know, you've got Salvatore who maybe used to do it for the likes of Cameron. Just someone to do the hard work in there and allow the ball player to get on the ball. And I just think it works so well in the middle of the park. It gives you so much more control over a game in the middle of the park. Yeah, but I, this is where I'm, I'm going to be a bit of a hypocrite. Uh, when a few minutes ago I, I spoke about, look, give us our, our moment in the sun of that performance. Yeah, I mean, it's one game. I'm just... No, 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 no. And, but, but what I'm going to say is... Um, if we get a similar performance from Andy Irvin uh, and from Hearts that we got at Ross County, when we go to St. Johnson, who were utter shite in the first half earlier tonight against Celtic, um, it, 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 we, we need to see it. And the, the, there's no doubt that someone like Andy Irvin, he's, he's a super footballer. And I think the boy's civic as well, because we can only base it on, on what we've seen so far. Um, he, he's, he's an athlete. There's, there's no doubt about that whatsoever. Um, but... Can we do it? Can we do it on Saturday? Can we do it going forward? We spoke about bookending these four fixtures with a game against Celtic at the end and a game against Rangers at the beginning. We've we've got, as we said last week, anything you get from these games is a bonus. We've got the bonus points. Now we've got to look after ourselves. Yeah. And a, a pal of mine messaged me tonight when Celtic scored their third goal. And he said, if Hearts finish below St. Johnston, then you've only got yourself... To, be, to blame. So, as much as it was great to get that win at the weekend, and as much as Andy Irvin played well, and, and everyone did as well, if we produce that same performance this weekend, we'll win. But, that's the but. Getting it up for a game against Rangers when you've got pretty much a full house, you've got that wonderful atmosphere as Toby Civic was talking about, it's going to be different. And Hearts fans have played their part. They've already sold out their original allocations. The Hearts fans are buying into this. They really are. There's a there's a feel good factor that's returning. It hasn't returned. 
it's returning among the fans, but it can quite easily be, be, be set back by an insipid display against St. Johnson. So I don't think we'll get that. I think the style that he's playing, I think that builds momentum. And for Andy Irvin in the middle of the park, it just, isn't it weird how he's, he's played quite a lot of late and we're like, even when he played the first time around, but then he, he was taken out the team. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a player. And when Peter Haring eventually gets back and we've got competition for places and, and Haring can teach Irving alongside him as well, then a lot to look forward to. It's just, it's just a feel good, feel good podcast this week. Yeah. Uh, before we move on from the Rangers game, you know, we could talk about so many other players. Sean Clare was terrific again. As you said, Stephen Naismith at his best. Um, but the other new guy, Liam Boyce, of course he, he got the winning goal. Um, I thought overall, though, it was it was such a difference to have him in there. And I, I like Connor Washington as a player. I think he's got a place in that squad and I think he can play a big part. But it was it was telling when you had Boyce up there, someone with um, the movement, the strength to hold it up, but also the intelligence to make those little runs. You know, we had the offside goal, which was clearly offside, but just making those little runs in behind the defenders. And even the goal, um, I said afterwards, if, if anyone was still even listening at that point or just celebrating, um, although he got a bit lucky with the deflection, what I liked was when the ball came to the first of the back post, I was like, most of the players we've had in his position would have taken a swing at that on his right foot when it first came in, which I believe is his favoured foot, but he didn't. He took it down, and even just the fact he, he saw the defender making a commitment, because the defender, well, sorry, it was a Rebo actually coming back, thought he was going to shoot on his right foot because all was lined up for that. He didn't. He made the angle. He just adjusted his body, moved it onto his left foot, and suddenly created a much better angle. And it, it was a small thing. But even that composure is something that I haven't seen often from players, yeah. players we've had in that number nine role. It's a tiny thing, but just to stop the ball, not lash at it right foot. He might have scored first, mm-hmm. you never know. But just mm-hmm. to stop it, see the defender coming across, move on his left foot, make a better angle, and as soon as he's hit it, you think, this can deflect wide, but this is this is going to come through a ruck of bodies. McGregor is not going to have time to move for this. And you could just see that it was going to creep in. And it was a brilliant moment, but I thought it made a big difference to the team as a whole to have him huge at the at the at the the, the upper end of the attack, someone to work off of, someone to make the runs, and I thought it gave someone for Naismith to work with as well. And I thought, well, it, there, it, there's there's your key, there's your key, and and the, one of the, the best things for me uh, came afterwards, and it, it wasn't in in print or online for a good couple of days. It was the quotes from Stephen Naismith about Liam Boyce when he said having just played with him for the first time, it was like we'd we'd known he knows what I'm gonna do. Is that um telepathic understanding that good players can have. Yeah. And it, it, it sometimes when I'm asked to talk about players that come over to, to major league soccer or or whatever and you, you get you get players that buy into it and others that don't. Um the ones that don't are the ones that get frustrated by playing in a team where they're far better than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And they don't have that understanding because there's no one as good as them. Um, Naismith's a really good player. And he, he's, a, he's an even better player surrounded by better players. Definitely. And for, for boys to have that impact and for Naismith to acknowledge that, having not even trained. I mean, no. the deal was... <laughs> I, I, I had to message you before the teams came out and said, have we got international claims? Can he even play today? Um, and... 
I don't I, I don't know where his stuff is if it's if it's in transit or or whatever uh, he'll eventually move it up but I mean nothing was sorted he was in a state of flux yet he was still able to and isn't it funny how football works he he isn't the goal scoring hero you don't get your Boise call I don't get my Mystic Mark call if Toby <laughs> Sibick doesn't pick up the injury because he would have brought him off. Yeah, yeah. Because he was probably, he didn't really want to make it any worse, but he had to continue. We, we've, I say we're due that luck. I, I don't know if we are. You make your own luck in football, but it's nice to be on the end of a nice slice of luck, isn't it? It certainly is. So moving on from the terrific victory against Rangers. Last time out, um, we talked about the atmosphere at Tynecastle, and we did say at the time, the game against Rangers will probably take care of itself, and it did. And, you know, you know, Tynecastle, for those games against Rangers and Celtic, especially if we have turned up for them, the games against Hibs, the atmosphere does take care of itself. It's a terrific ground, it's bouncing, it holds the sound really well, you're obviously right up against us. You, you all know the script. Other games, not so much. Um... I thought Airdrie was a prime example. When we had almost 15,000 there, the team were playing well. There really wasn't much from the Hearts fans at all. So I just thought it'd be interesting to look, are there ideas from people? Are there things that we could do that might help the atmosphere a little? Just to, especially in the games where, you know, it could be a big game against a, a Hamilton or a Motherwell or such like, and sometimes it can be a little flat. It might be good just to try and look at ways of improving that. Um, we got an email from Kelman Chambers, who's a long-time listener, um, who says, regarding atmosphere, the fans feed off what's happening on the pitch, but can also help the players raise their game. A bit of a chicken and egg situation. However, a safe standing area would definitely help. Here's where I differ from you guys. He says, I think it was Mark when you suggested section N. He'd put it in the Gorgie stand, and hopefully the fans uh, between there and the away fans would join in. The problem with section N being the singing section is that it isolates the atmosphere to one corner of the ground. The idea may not work, but I think it is worth looking at. Cheers, Kelman. Um, thank you for the email, Kelman. And it's an interesting point. I suppose it's similar to what we spoke about with Aberdeen at Pataudry, where they did it in the recent cup game against Dumbarton, where they made the Merklin Road. Yeah, game, behind the goal, Merklin yeah, Road, yeah. Which is, their, which is their equivalent of the Gorgie. It's their family stand. It's the other side of the ground from the way and the... I guess the the big part of the Aberdeen fans, which are in the Richard Donald stand, so it's the same idea. It's their family stand behind the goal, and they made it um, a kind of singing section. And it, I saw some clips of it, and my friend, who's an Aberdeen fan, was in that section and said it was really quite good. Um, so it could be a it could be a worthwhile idea, I suppose. Some of the challenges will be that the Gorgie stand is the family stand, and there'll be a lot of people who sit there maybe aren't those who will go to to be on their feet the whole game and to be making that noise. So there would have to be a, a thought about the other people involved, especially you know who might have sat there for some time. But um, certainly a lot of countries, they do that. You know, behind one goal, you see the constant noise and the constant, you know, whether it's a curva in Italy or whether it's the wall in, in Dortmund, etc. So mm-hmm. could work. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that, that go into it. You've, you've got to take it in steps. I think... One of the main things you kind of need to generate an atmosphere, if you're standing, it's just it just it's easier to definitely yeah. to create an atmosphere when you're standing. And I hope the safe standing, with all respect, with all due respect, and and everything else to to the families of the the, the 96 who lost their life at Hillsborough, everything that was done after that was was done correctly. Uh, 
had it not been for various errors from police and, and very, various other authorities that, that led to the Hillsborough disaster, then it, it wouldn't have happened or it wouldn't have been severe. But it did happen. And, and as a result of that, out of respect for the families, um, we, we changed. Fo- football changed. Mm-hmm. And it, it became safer. It became a lot safer. I remember going to games and you, you felt like criminals. You were in cages. And I remember there was a cage in front of the family enclosure at Time Castle. I don't know if it was still the family enclosure. But there were fences because they just couldn't trust certain football fans. Um, but it, but it's different now. It's different now. And we have got much better stadia. We have much safer stadia. And the safe standing has is, is certainly worked at, uh, at Celtic and in other places. But you can't just, you can't just, there's a lot of choreography that, that goes into something like what, that. What would we say? What, the one thing that does irritate me slightly when the safe standing debate comes up is people who immediately say, can't go back to that, and they refer to things like Hillsborough, which was justifiable that obviously a review was needed and obviously seating is much safer. What I would say is, I've seen safe standing, and I've seen it in grounds, I've seen it up close. That safe standing is safer than seats because one hundred percent because you well, can't look, actually look at, you can't go forward. There's rails. So. Correct, correct. Look, look at the Twitter account, Laurie. Football limbs or whatever it's called, L I M B S. Yeah, and you you see if you're trying to tell me that after Boise's goal <laughs> that won it for Hearts, if you're telling me that every single Hearts fan that celebrated doesn't have at least one bruise. If if there's one bruise on a total of sixteen thousand people, not one each, but one in total, you're you're going to get that. You don't care. You're going to fall over a couple of seats. But you're right. If if they're standing there, you you see, it's it's not like the pathy news of the thirties where everyone kind of everyone goes forward and the young kids ended up on the father's um, shoulders because there's nowhere else to go. It's it's different now, and you're a hundred percent spot on. We've moved on with respect and now and and this is the other thing liverpool have even looked at this the liverpool fans part of the justice um for the 96 they went to to celtic park they've been there to see how it's it's used to see how it's done and they they came back with glowing reports now i don't think it would happen at anfield but other other teams have been there as well to see how or other supporters have been there to see how it works. And and it would. Again, we said it last week, the bottom line is, a result like Sunday, that there is your atmosphere. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. I mean, Anne, Anne Waddle says, play play the Jers and Hibs alternate weeks and beat them. Simple, um, cool. effective. End the story, exactly. Um, I got a tweet just, just now, actually, from Always a Jambo, who says, the German model of a few people leading the singing seems appropriate under the new regime. Certainly seen it create atmosphere even in the second tier of German football. Another possibility would be to broadcast the Hearts TV commentary from Lorry to the whole stadium. Um, <laughs> that might break some of the some of the PA. Um, it probably gets enough enough punishment with Scott working through it. But um... <laughs> we, we once we once had a, a a brief conversation to see if something like that would be possible. And fans would buy little earpieces, and instead of I, I remember that, I remember yeah, that. yeah, they, never they, took off. But they did it. They did it for a bit. I remember them did issuing. They? Yeah, it would have been you as well. I'm pretty sure it was. Well, pro- it was Romanov era. Yeah. 
Oh, pro- probably, but it, I, I say it never took off as far as they're still not doing it. They might have, I don't know. They might, I don't know. So it's very difficult to listen to yourself when you're commentating on the other side. But if anybody <laughs> did, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would want, or would I? No, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not, this is difficult for me because I'm, I'm a fan, but I'm a commentator. Would I want to hear a commentary of the game I'm watching? No. It's got to be. It's. I, I wouldn't. But it's. It's difficult because if it's even half a second delayed, it would be so annoying. Uh, I don't I, know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I, I think. I, I think he was being slightly facetious with that. Part oh, I get, it, that. But, um, I get that. Pants shat on. Yes, that's the Twitter name. Um, oh. Says the atmosphere at Tynecastle against opposition other than Hibs Rangers, Celtic, and maybe Aberdeen has been pish. Since the wheat field went up, it's not a new thing. It was also shite in the old time castle when we were shite and playing to 6,000 fans. Answer, win games. Well, that, 100%. <laughs> and that, that's true as well, because th- this is what we forget. If Hearts are playing poorly, and people are standing watching Hearts play poorly, they're not going to suddenly go, okay, come on to Hearts, it doesn't happen like that. It's yeah, like, yeah, it, I, it's a Scottish mentality. It's like, come on. I get impress it. Impress us whether I'm Do sat you know, down or whether I'm standing up. And there'll be those if you if you make changes, there'll be those who are like, oh, yeah, there will be like you, like you, you miserable old fart. Um, wow, well, where'd that come from? <laughs> and we'll get to that. Um, I get that from 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 Chaton. <laughs> Jesus, can't take it seriously. I might just call him PS. Um, <laughs> Winning games is a big thing, but I do think there needs to be an element of moving with the times. That and it's not. I know in the UK it's traditional just to be miserable and sit down, but that's why. I, but I don't. I have to go to Italy sometimes to to go to a game and feel that proper atmosphere and getting right behind your team. But I've seen it in Scandinavia and in Europe. There is often this attitude in other countries where it's make a noise, get behind the team regardless of what's going on in the park. Obviously, levels are intensified when teams are doing well and the, the game's a big one and there's goals going in, but there's more of a mentality to create the noise and get behind the team and do your bit before they've, I guess, rewarded you with something on the park. Um, Uche's no gonna get you, um, formerly known as Uche's gonna get you, says, we definitely need to find a way to help the team out and quickly, the week before, albeit a much smaller crowd in the cup was terrible atmosphere-wise. Um, Perth to Paisley uh, goes with similar to what Kelman says. I'd have the singing section in the Gorgie. Uh, G and N should take care of themselves in any game, but the section must be consistent to supply a decent atmosphere, which is, is a fair point. Um, Linda Taylor, keep winning games, play like we did on Sunday. Again, can't argue with that. Um, Whitburn Hart. isn't it? Well, yeah, I, I never you say that's... Uh, yeah, I, but there's a there's a give and take here, Mark. Come on, there's, it's not just about so many Hearts fans say I were. It's not happening just now. But it's, we spoke about it before when things weren't working well. Sometimes there's nothing from the Hearts fans in 15, 20 minutes in. If we're not beating Celtic, they're getting miserable. So I know it's a generational thing. It, it, it's your generation and and the younger generation that want to do something to actually, as we said right at the start of of this podcast when we started it over a year ago. This podcast isn't just about identifying problems. It's trying to find solutions as well. Mm-hmm. I think your generation and the younger ones are better than it than we are. Uh, and, and I speak for the over 40s. And um, there are others that are just... It's it's hard to teach older dogs new tricks. I know, but you um, see, so- I mean, if you get the... 
I think there's been... Now, again, we're not going to get into the controversy because some things to do with some of the younger team have been controversial, blah, blah, blah. But you look at things like what Motherwell do, they've got that section which you maybe haven't seen it as much, but you, you probably have seen it on the TV at least. They've got a section which they dedicate to their little um, section of ultras, if you want to call them that, and it's just a constant noise and singing and a, a little bit of um, a little bit of colour from them. They often have some banners and things. Um, Livingston do it to a smaller extent. Um and I quite like that. It gives, uh, and even yep, Dun- don't even, mind it. even Dumbarton, you've seen they there was a there was a a VT on them on I think it was on the terrace about their young team who come and they make a noise and it's encouraging the younger younger fans to come along because they enjoy the day out because yeah, it's not just it's purely based on well if we go out and it's nil nil and it's crap then wh- where was yeah. the enjoyment? The, part of the enjoyment and, uh, is making an atmosphere. Uh, and by the way. Airdrie, based on some of the fans that they brought through um, in the recent cup tie, they're um, they've got like a section as well. Now it, it is a little bit back in the day in the ultras and, yeah, and whatever, yeah. but um, yeah, I t- I'm I'm, actually, I'm 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 for you and I'm I'm with you, even though I sound like I'm I'm like a dad from the Hobbit <laughs> advert. You're not you're not quite you're in that sticking point. You're age wise. You're not quite. Young yeah, enough, you're I know. not quite old enough. You just can't. You get yeah, pulled in yeah. two different directions. Mm-hmm. Pushed and pulled. <laughs> I'd love a better atmosphere at Tyne Castle. Don't get me wrong. And all, all the people who've got in touch are spot on. Look, at, if we win games, it takes care of itself. We're not. We're bottom of the table. Let, let's not forget that. We're not winning games often enough right now. So how do we improve? Because you've seen uh, from the quotes that I've read out, and you've you've read uh, everyone listening the the the, the, the quotes from the weekend. Hearts players, when Tynecastle is rocking, will say there's there's very few places that are better to play there. So when it's nil nil with 75 minutes to go or 75 minutes gone in a home game towards the end of the season that we we kind of need to win and there's not much of an atmosphere, how how do we get this going? So I I, I get your point and and hopefully we we can reach agreement. There's always this is the world we live in, right? You're you're going to get those that look at the the kids in the motherwell section, the motherwell boys or whatever they're called, and they're going to look down their nose and go, ah, just youngsters making trouble. That's that's no. Let, let's let's look at it a bit more. Yeah, there's um, there's a happy medium. There's a happy yes. medium between encouraging younger fans, encouraging singing, and obviously, you know, not allowing it to get too far, and you know, being careful that we're we're not allowing things that you know go beyond uh whether it's songs or behavior that go out with the realms of of reasonable behavior and um, whitburn hart said no point about talking about safe standing it's out of our hands we the fans need to do something about the atmosphere gorgie boys at least try but get shot down at every opportunity and they need to do things a little bit more professional um neil taylor said one word and this will be another one to quickly talk about alcohol that was it alcohol um whether it would improve the atmosphere or not, I don't know, but I certainly... Wait, but, from, hold from, on, hold from, on, hold on with that. Alcohol, right? The majority of Hearts fans that go to games, am I right in saying I've probably had a pint or two before the game? Yes. Um, right, okay. I, so if you, can't, if you can't get an atmosphere when you're a little bit, when you've got a little bit of a buzz, you think some pissed down, watered down, shitty beer at a football ground is 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 going to help that that unfortunately football fans in Scotland cannot be trusted and that that's the bottom line this is this is where i think neil taylor's got a point but not to do with atmosphere necessarily but to do with overall match day experience i don't see why alcohol is still banned 
in Scottish crowns. You can. No, it shouldn't be. It's it, it's, it, it, it's it a nonsense be. at this day and age that apart Gosh. from this, I can be in the Curva Sud in in Rome. Uh, uh, you know, Italians are notoriously badly behaved football fans, and be holding two pints of well, they're not yeah. pints, but two cups of Peroni, and just walk around in the Curva Sud, go and grab another couple. And in England, you can get them. And all you need to do in Scotland is go right. Well, we're bringing back alcohol, but you don't get it at the Old Firm game. There we go. No, I hard. mean, come on, you, you you can't do that. I mean, why not? They, do, of, they do it in lots oh, of countries. You, they do it in lots of countries. You can't do it for big games. Well, the big games are different. You can't just say it's not for the old firm. I mean, gee, what's no, the difference between the old firm no, game in, for Rangers and Celtic and in, Hearts and Hibs? No, I said in the old firm match between them. Maybe Hearts and Hibs would have to be a game that you can't get at either. But I just I think mean, you, you don't. Are we going to are we going to pick and choose? I mean, look, Glasgow well, that's rugby. What happens in some in some countries? They know that some well, games are. This this Pop-up. is this is Scotland. You you know what Scotland is like. You've lived there all your life. I lived there for thirty three years of my life. We all know what Scotland is. Scotland has a problem with drink. It will never be reintroduced. Who is going to be the minister for whatever um, in the Scottish government or whoever makes the decision that that grants that? They don't want blood on their hands. And do you know what? Ninety nine percent of people I would trust, but it's the all it takes is one person. And, and that's the problem. Right now, we've got this stupid scenario of Fur Hill uh, in the past has hosted Glasgow Rugby on a Friday night, and you've been able to buy beer there. And then on a Saturday when Partick have played, and they're Partick, they're hipsters, but you still can't buy a beer at the football because of what happened in 1980. It's just there's not going to be anyone brave enough to make the decision. And even if they do, they're not. It's, it's like Donald Trump being impeached over here. Great, fine. He's impeached. Then what? It goes to the Senate and it gets thrown out, whether it's next week or whether it's eventually after arguments, blah, blah, blah. You can get it so far, but if someone says reintroduce alcohol, there'll be people that say, yeah, go on then. But the other people that have to vote it through, no chance. Fair enough. Um, move on. Uh, Martin Taylor says the atmosphere at Tynecastle is much better than most Scottish grounds, even when it's supposedly flat. Not a fan of the artificial attempts to enhance it, cut out the bigotry, and come up with more humorous chants that more people can join in with. Is my suggestion. Which cut out the bigotry is an interesting. Which is so that yeah. This is going to be done, Laurie, through through education. I don't think it'll ever be. I think we're too in- ingrained and deep rooted. Um, not just in the west of Scotland. The west of Scotland's got the majority of the problem, but there's some there's some idiots among the heart support, absolute bams, that still use the 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 religious aspect and yeah. side of things. Now, when I was younger, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit in a soapbox here and just be be critical. When I was younger, I, I remember singing along to. So I had no idea what it meant. I'm talking a lot younger. I'm talking like early teens about I was born on a Union Jack and all stuff like that. I had no idea what it meant. But as I got older and I was I, through education, through school, through just knowing right from wrong, like Mark Waters is pointing, you don't throw bananas at him because he's black. That <laughs> happened at a game that, that we were at. Again, it's one person doing that, but it tarnishes. So the whole the whole bigotry thing, it's, it's, a gen- it's not going to be done in this generation. But I'd like to think that our children... And the, even the, like the younger people right now who don't have kids, they've, they've got to realise, and, and I think so, most of them do. It's just the one or two idiots that spoil it for everyone. The education and what's being done, the show racism, the red card, and, and everything else that's been done at school, 
um, is is a step in the right direction. But it's it's still an issue. It's still an issue. And it, it's taboo as well. You bring it up, whether on Twitter or social media or whatever, if, if any of the big mainstream media guys bring it up, then they get shot down by the other side. They get praised to high heavens from one side and shot down from the other side. It, it Sometimes, and this is sad to say, sometimes these people, the mainstream media will think, do you know what? It's not worth it. It's it's not worth bringing it up again because what what can I achieve with this? You're you're just a a voice, a lone voice shouting in a forest. Who's who's listening to it? It's got to be done. It's got to be done earlier, younger. Uh, it's got to be done at school. It's got to be done in in for all the kids that that play football. It's it's not right. We can have an atmosphere at a football ground without any religion, without any sectarianism, but it ain't going to happen for a long time, and that's sad. I'm going to give you my idea, very small one, before we okay. go. Thanks, Evan, for, for messaging. I've not got through them all. There's been a lot of good ideas, um, a lot of similar ones. Um, but, yeah, thank you. So I'm going kind of simple. Um, I don't like to come up with, with songs and stuff. There's people who do that, who are, who are better at it than me. Um, but if you look at recent past, so after the 2012 Cup Final, we had Avicii Levels. You know the tune. Don't yes. You know. This one, I'll yes. play. It. I'll play it now. Here we go. This one. So obviously that became synonymous with a great day because it was the tune that was played after the cup final. It was. There's always some kind of tune, usually a a pop or dance one that gets played in these events now and that's the one that we've um that we associate with that cup final win so after that you know scott wilson would would use it quite often so pre-kickoff after goals easy for the fans to chant along to often got the adrenaline flowing the enthusiasm up and then led into more noise actual and actual songs um yeah so scott would play the heart song before kickoff and then just right before the team started he'd kick in the levels chorus if you will um with Laffer take the club recently, we had this is one of your favourites, Mark. You know, Coons versus Cooking Long Three Burners. This girl, remember that one? Um, what? What language was that? This—that's exactly what you said when I brought this up last time. I'm pretty sure your words were, "What language was that?" Coons versus Coons? Cooking on Three Burners. This girl. We—it's it's, been—it's come up before. You're getting—you're getting senile. You're definitely in the old. I know. I've, I've I've heard of it before. I'm just thinking, cooking on three burners. Is that three different pots making three oh, different things? Oh, bugger off, right? This is not a tangent. <laughs> we're going to go down. <laughs> um, but a simple tune to chant to, catchy. So here we'll quickly play it. This is it. You'll know it as the, the Lafferty song often. Um, after he scored in the derby, um, the opener, there was a break in play and Tynecastle was just bouncing to that tune because Scott Wilson played it and he let it run a little bit longer and everyone was just chanting the tune. It was it was good. It got, got people off their feet. Simple. You don't need to know the words. It's inoffensive. Um, so straightforward. So in a similar approach, I'd like to throw a tune out there that I think could be the Stendhal anthem. The, okay, the, can I guess? 
No, because I sent it to you before the bloody podcast, so you're not going to guess. I um, was going to guess it was a remix of Levels by Sidney Devine. <laughs> okay, no. That would be good, though. Maybe we could get him to... Yeah. Maybe, maybe we could get the pretend Sidney Devine to see what his musical talents are like. Tiny Bubbles meets Levels meets Avicii meets... Uh, what was the 98 song that, that, that we had? Carnival de Paris. Yes, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. we could... Okay. Oh, there we go. So, so what's your song? In a similar fashion to Howie's Levels and then the Lafferty song. It's simple and it can be played for a few seconds. So here we go. A clip from it now. It's got some relevance as well. I'm going to play it again Jesus in a second. Um, really? It's the one I'm proposing. It's it's it's, it's, from, it's by a German dance project. Oh that's, my god! That's Italo Brothers. So you oh, don't sure you, is, huh? You don't, Mark. You don't have to like this type of music. Although I I actually do. <laughs> it's on my playlist. That one. Um, it's it's lo- Eurotrash from the nineties. It's it's John John Paul Gaultier and and Antoine de Cohn and all these. Oh, come on, that's right? Like it's. Ter- is, it, is everything that was good, well, I say good back then, but on Vogue back then, come round again? Is no, it, not necessarily. No, not at all. You don't have to like, it's it's just to get people off their feet and maybe stamping on their ground. That's the title of the tune by Italian. Do we all have to wear lederhosen to Tank Castle now? <sighs> You're losing, Your idea I'm, comes in. I'm going to play it again. Oh, no. You've <laughs> Obviously, there's a full track, but it's that bit, just the chorus, if you will, the tune, I think, could work. And in places like Germany, it's been quite popular to have music tracks. Because it's German! Pumped tonight. No, not this. Not this one. Just in general, they play music after a goal, often dance music, and you get the fans chanting along. You know, you've seen it in the Bundesliga and Bundesliga Spy. Um, I I just think it's just an idea. See, this, your reaction is what everyone over a certain age will react to. But... (laughs) How many of them would have been jumping and chanting along to Avicii Levels or to um, your favourite band, uh, the, I can't even remember, I have to keep looking at, Kings versus Cooking on Three Burners. You know, it's just a dance track with a catchy, a catchy chorus tune. I mean... I'm not one of these people who, I don't, I don't, I don't mind a bit of music after all. Scott Wilson's the best at what he does in Scotland, by a mile. He's the best match day um, DJ host, mm-hmm, yeah. whatever, and and I, I love what he does at Tyne Castle and, and how he how he tries to boost the atmosphere. And I I don't mind when music is played after a goal, but there are people. Um, I don't know if you could you could categorize them as simply older than me or in their fifties Mis- or sixties. Maybe <laughs> they just they don't want any music whatsoever. They they feel that it, it it's. It's something that should just be au natural. Goal scored, the roar of the crowd, with with no background music required. Some people think it's sacrilegious to have I get, I get music that. on it. And I get that. And I think sometimes it's... I think it has been used that way sometimes. But... I've just I've watched you know if you watched a big game in Germany when they play they all 
a lot of the teams have different tunes. Some of them are dance tunes. You know, Bayern use um, Seven Nation Army, and you see the whole the whole um, behind the goal jumping along to it and chanting, and it then lasts for so much longer. Whereas a goal is a very brief um, celebration. Often, obviously, in a big game, it can pr- be prolonged. But just 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 an idea, you know, and, and just putting them out there. I, I thought the levels one oh worked well, and oh I thought the Lafferty song worked well. You don't have to like the type of music. It's just a couple of seconds of the tune, which then gets everyone up off their feet. Um, anyway, I knew you'd be like this. I knew it. I'm Should not. I'm trying to give you... I'm trying don't to give even you know some, why I try. I'm trying to give you some semblance of appreciation. But I, I'm not a fan <laughs> of that song. That's that's but, rubbish. Okay, but did you like Levels? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You did? Okay. Did you like Coons versus Cooking on Three Burners, the tune itself? I, I, I actually did, yes. Okay. So maybe... I'm not I'm not a Philistine. I might come across as a dour fucker at times. Sorry for <laughs> dropping the f bomb. Um, having having just listened to Jimmy Carricker interview Stephen Gerrard, which I thought was really good. Um, and about ten minutes in, Stephen's like, "Oh, I can swear," and then <laughs> proceeded to drop the f bomb every, every single answer <laughs> after that. And he got his little e tag for explicit. I don't want to be that that podcast, but I'm all for look. I'm all for having a bit of fun. I'm all for in, enjoying myself at the football. Um, I'd, do you know what? I'd love to go to Tencast. I'd love to have a pint as well. Um, but but sadly, it's it's a country that 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 will never happen. But if you can give me some some funky tunes, some daft tunes, look, any anyone going going to Tencastle for the first time and hearing the Hector Nickel version from the nineteen probably the early sixties, because I believe the Hibs song was on the other side of the the, the vinyl um, when he recorded it, um, they'd be like. What is this? And it's it's tradition. It's it's going up to Dens Park and hearing that inane racket before the game that they play. Here's one that's just off the top of my head that's come to me. Did Hector Nichols sing that as well? Ooh, I don't know. I don't uh, think I'm not sure. So you know what? You know how there's certain things that you think, wait a minute here, and I don't I don't want to be listening back to this and go, I wish I'd said that at the time. How many songs this might be for an older generation. How many songs did Hector Nickel do? I know he did Hearts and Hibs, uh, whether it was a double A side or, or whatever. Up did with the do... sorry, up with the bonnet. This is a Dundee FC anthem song sung by Hector Nickel. There you in go. The early sixties. So there you Boom. go. So he did that as well. Now it's funny because at the end of every podcast that I listen back to, once I, we do it every week, I've got one saved, and that's episode one. And I'm, I'm like, I've got about five minutes left. But we were on the hunt. We were on the hunt in episode one for a player. Remember this kid? I can't. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Can't. Yeah. Right. So we're, as as far as our hunt for him went, and we never got very far, whatever his name was, we're we're also on a hunt for Hector Nichols songs. Well, even just football songs. So even just the Wikipedia page says Nickel wrote and sang the Heart Song for Hearts. Okay. Obviously, glory, 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 the high bees for Hibs. We yep. did that. He also wrote and sang the Terrors of Tanadice for Dundee United, the Dark Blue so, of Dundee for Dundee. He did both. Wow. Um, okay. And it says, however, he actually supported St Mirren. I actually don't know if I knew that. I didn't. I don't think ah. I did. And it's on his Wikipedia. I feel like I should have wow. known that. But he was Edinburgh born. Uh, sorry, no, he wasn't. It's died. No, he was. So he's Paisley born. I looked at died. He, he died in Edinburgh, but he was Paisley born. So that would make sense. There you go. Um, anyway, okay. anyway, we'll move yes. on. 
So before we go, we will look ahead to this weekend's game away to St Johnston, McDermott Park, which has not been a happy hunting ground for Hearts to the point, and this is accurate, um, <laughs> 2020 will be the 10th year. We mark 10 years if we get to November without a league win there since Kevin Kyle and Ryan Stevenson scored in 2010. We have won in the Cup there since, both the Scottish Cup, uh, sorry, in the Scottish Cup, um, but not in the league. So, not been a happy hunting ground. St Johnston did get a victory recently, but uh, lost 3 0 in the end tonight, you said. Um, so, going into this game with quite a bit of optimism, Hearts sold out their initial allocation, so they've sold over 1,500 tickets now. There's a few available through St Johnston, but looks like it'll be a sold out Hearts end. Um, and looking at the fixtures, Mark, actually, Hamilton don't play. They play Celtic on Sunday, St Mirren okay. are away to Hibs on Saturday. Okay. Um, if we can beat St Johnston, if we win that game, we would go, depending on goal difference, we could go into 10th ahead of St Mirren on goal difference, and we'd suddenly be three points off St Johnston, who are currently 8th. Oh, we've been here before, no? Our next four games, they're all very winnable. If we no, take no, 12 I, points, and I, we take zero, and we're like... Yeah, but we're looking at one game. We're looking at one game at a time, and, you know, okay. there's a not fit... There's, Favorite, there's not favourable fixtures for teams. Even if you look at Kilmarnock and Ross County, they play each other. So okay. it's a big weekend for us. And look, we could lose to St Johnston and it all goes pear-shaped. But I think there's a big incentive there. And I I think we've got to go there with confidence. Um, and actually, oh, when, yeah. I was I happened to be on Pie and Bovril, um, the, the forum that is. I mean, I do like a Pie and a Bovril, but um, I was on the forum earlier in the week and a lot of St Johnston fans saying, this is a game we just have to defend and hope we can get a point and just not lose it. And that was a lot of their attitude to this game after seeing us at the weekend and maybe seeing their, their team recently. I don't think St. Johnson are a very good team at all. That's not to say that they wouldn't beat us because we said they're not a good team when we last went to McDermott and they beat us. We said they're not a very good team in the last game at Tynecastle and they beat us. So anything can happen, but we've got to go their confidence. I think we've got to be... We've got to treat it like it is Rangers again. We've got to get up in their faces and close them down, play high up the park, not change our game. You know, we can't just get ourselves up for a game against a big team at Tynecastle. We've got to do it away to a team who are kind of not struggling as such, but down in the bottom half of the table as well. I can't add anything to that. I said part of that earlier. You've completed the sentence for me and, and you're spot on. It's all right doing it in big games. As a lot of people that got in touch with us about improving the atmosphere said um, Ross County away St Johnston away these these are the games that we have to win we have to win it and the other thing about getting three points hopefully this weekend is it's 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 one or three points that they're not getting so this is an opportunity against teams around us Mm-hmm. They might be, they might be dreadful. They might have been poor. I think they went three at the back tonight against Celtic. I'll be interested to see what they did because having watched the the goals in the first half earlier, um, honestly, you could put three statues there and and there'd be more mobility. They they'll be stung by that. I I I know that for a fact. But we're we're a better team than them as far as ability is concerned. But that means nothing if if there's not that hunger and work rate. Hearts will win this weekend. I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about that. As am I. And let's hope they do. And we will you be got back. my Craig Gordon story. Oh, crap. I forgot about that. Oh, sorry. Almost forgot. There's oh, people yeah. hanging on going, I've got to listen to this shite to get the Craig Gordon info at the end. We're doing a, we're doing a sportsine-esque approach here and dragging this out and you have to wait <laughs> right to the here's end. The, 
Here's the Scottish Cup draw, boys and girls. After we've had BSC against East Kilbride, a feature with Connie McLaughlin. <laughs> okay, um, go ahead, Craig Gordon. So, it's not happening. So I, I chanced my luck and, and said, why? Who is it? Is it, is it Neil Lennon or whatever? I didn't think I'd, I'd get a kind of in-depth in response. Um, but it's Peter Lowell. It's Peter Lowell and Stevie Woods. Woods doesn't want him to go. Woods rates him, but Fraser Foster's the, the number one there right now. But, but Peter Lowell is, is the one who is refusing to sanction very much right now because he's in the situation. Um, and this, this isn't quoting Craig verbatim. Um, the, this is elongating some stuff that he said to me. Paraphrasing. But, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, P- Peter Law is in a situation right now whereby um, it's all about nine in a row and then it's all about ten in a row. So he's taking no chances and he's, he's in a situation of what happens if Fraser Foster gets injured? What happens if Scott Bain gets injured? And then we've let Craig Gordon go to Hearts. What's the chances of that happening? Probably 0.001%. However, it's enough of a percentage chance for Peter Lowell not to, to, to give the go-ahead. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's not Neil Lennon. Um, they have been in talks for a while. Uh, he would, he'd walk along the M8 to come back to Hearts. Um, and it, I, I said, could it happen in the summer now? He goes, possibly, and that's all we got for that. But it's, he, he said he, he, they are trying to push it through for, for this transfer window, but he thinks that's very, very unlikely because... Why would Peter Lowell change his mind now, bearing in mind what he has kind of said so far, um, that him and his agent have been given the, the no kind of no thought whatsoever that this, this might be a gore. Um, and it, it's weird because I, I said to him, if we were in the same position as Peter Lowell, we'd probably do exactly the same. And he agreed with that. Um, so the other thing is, so while, while it's, very, very unlikely. Unless there's a change of heart by Peter Lowell, he's the only one that, that will um, have a change of heart and make this potentially happen. Uh, but the likelihood is it ain't going to happen in January. And then Craig becomes a, a free agent in the summer and can do what he likes after that. And that'll depend if, if hearts want to go in another direction or they want to, to, to see if they want to go for him. The interesting thing is, on Twitter this morning, when I was looking at a lot of the Hearts fans, um, some were like, yeah, it'd be a great signing. Others are like, no, I don't want him back. Why, why do we want to go there? I want to I narrow it down to, to one thing, Laurie. Mm-hmm. Is he better than what we've got? And my answer is yes. So if he is, and we can get him right now, then I would take him. But everything I've just said, it's unlikely to happen this month. Would you take him? I, wow, you paused. Okay, you're I'm, not sure. I'm unsure. <clears throat> I think okay. as a traditional goalkeeper, as a shot stopper, <clears throat> handling, he's better than the three we have. However, but you don't think he fits into the Stendhal <sighs> style? Where a goalkeeper, in essence, is is part of the outfielders. Yeah, where it's, it's not always a big thing, you know, the style of your goalkeeper, but with what he wants to play, they need to be a sweeper-keeper. They need to be very comfortable with the ball at their feet, passing out short from the back and as much as I'm not Pereira's biggest fan I thought he did very well against Rangers in particular with that keeping us in possession not a couple of times he almost played himself into bother but he always looked for short passes and he was very quick and accurate with it it is quite important that's that's my concern yeah. well it is in that, in that style of play and it's funny I'm talking about he's, he's better than what we have 
for me, he's a, he's a much better shot stopper yes, and a, a, a better yeah. goalkeeper. But I would say that Pereira is a better um, sweeper option. Keeper, for, for yeah. Sure. yeah. And if that's the way that we're going to play, then, I mean, his age and, and, and whatever, Craig wants... Craig wants to play on. Now, whether his body will allow that, he feels fine. Um, he's, played, I, I read he's, a couple... he's played a lot of games the last few seasons for, for Celtic before, yeah, the, before yeah, this one. And some people are saying, oh, he's knees this or, or whatever. Craig, Craig's, Craig's fine right now. But Stevie Woods has improved his kicking and he's improved his footwork. Because I know they've worked on that quite a lot. Stevie Woods is yeah. a goalkeeping coach. At, Under Rodgers, he definitely did improve in his, in his distribution. But he, he, he did, and he had to. He had to as well, because that was not one of his strong points. Um, so it, it's difficult because, look, he's a, he's a pal of mine. I'd love to see him back. He'd love to come back as well. He's a Hearts fan. Um, and then you get those that, like, it, it's a bit like those that leave Scotland. There'll be some that are like, ah, well, it's turned his back in the country. That's it. No matter what, what they do, I'm not, no interest, not having him. Turned his back on Hearts. Uh, there's no quite Stephen Presley chess-beating um, moments. He he gets paid to do a job and paid well for for a team. And if it, it, it's like put ourselves in in the shoes of any Hearts fan that ends up playing for Hibs or any Rangers fan that ends up playing for Celtic or or whoever, you're not going to down tools because you're playing against the team you support. It, it's it's difficult. Some will say, oh, "I'd never sign for them." That's fine, but he does he does his best for the team that's paying his wages. If that happens to be against Hearts, we we had some we had some wonderful moments with with Craig Gordon. That David Clarkson save uh, is still up there for me with one one of the best saves I've ever seen. That and Henry Smith against Tommy Coyne. Um, is he that goalkeeper? Probably not. But is he better than what we've got as far as a, a shot stopping goalkeeper is concerned? Yes. Is he better than what we've got as far as a goalkeeper that can kick is concerned? Probably not. So they've got a decision to make in the summer. If Pereira goes back to Old Trafford, um, which is likely, do they want to bring someone else in from Germany or or, or someone from down at Barnsley or whatever? Or do they want to do they want to go down the Craig Gordon route? Time will tell, but uh, it doesn't look like it's happening in January. Um, and that'll that'll appease some, and it'll it'll disappoint others. But hey, it's a lie of the land. Before we go, um, any homework? I will be tweeting the quarterfinals of the Hearts Hardman World Cup before the next show, but um, don't need to go through that again. So, any homework for you, Mark, for next time? Mm, no. No. I'm trying, no. I I thought I had something earlier, but but it's gone. No, I think a, a week off. It's, it's, it's been a it's, it's been a busy month for our <laughs> for our listeners in the January transfer window. And by the way, how many days has January got? Holy shit! It's like it feels like the fifty third day of January. This is the longest month in the world. Thirty one, same as always. Um... Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm honest, I wish I could. I wish I could give you. I don't want to just do homework for the sake of it. Like. Normally, if something comes up, and we're talking about goalkeepers, and you got anything? No, no, no. Let's just leave it. It's fine. It's, it's absolutely fine. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about St. Johnston Hearts. Hopefully, 
um, a, a big, another big performance, another big result. Um, Hearts are in action on Wednesday next week as well, so we might wait till after that game. Hearts play yeah. Kilmarnock on the Wednesday night, just so we can cover both. Uh, so if we do, we could be talking about both games and hopefully two big results. So you never know where we might be on the table by this time next week. Um, but for me and Mark, thank you for tuning in. And yeah, see you next time. Edge of the area, Aaron Hickey, deflected shot, oh, it's in! Oh, Aaron Hickey scores for the Jambos! What a moment for the youngster! Hearts have turned it around in Easter Road! Jumping all around. Drop the beat! Flicked in the area on a diving header, and Stephen Naismith with an instant impact!